Okay, hello. So welcome to this mini-sode of the Modernist Podcast with me, Sean Richardson, and my good friend and fellow researcher, Jodie Marley. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Jodie. I'm also a PhD student. Um, I'm studying the influences of W.B. Yeats and his friends George Russell and Fiona MacLeod. Yeah, and Jodie was on an earlier episode of the Modernist podcast, which was Modernism and... Uh, marginal Modernists. Modern, marginal Modernists. So if you want to go back and listen to that, you definitely should. You can find it at www.modernistpodcast.org, or you can find us on SoundCloud by searching Modernist Podcast. Jodie's episode is really great, there's lots of good people on there, and you can listen to all our episodes. This mini-sode of the Modernist podcast, we are doing something a little bit different, we're doing something fun. Um, we are going to be talking about modernist star signs, or modernist astrology. Um, both Jodie and I are very interested in astrology, although I think we subscribe to slightly different schools of thought, although I have to admit that whenever I don't know something, I message Jodie on Facebook being like, so what does this mean? Um, Jodie is kind of like the all-seeing eye of astrology in Nottingham, and you're interested Aww. in other occult things as well, aren't you? Yeah, I do tarot reading as well, that's my other main thing. I'm into lots of things at the moment, but I'm just going to say tarot for now. Okay, and you're into crystals as well, as yes. and, and you're wearing is this crystal I'm necklace? I'm wearing an amethyst one at the moment, yes. Ooh. So if you're into astrology and um, star signs, and all that kind of thing you'll definitely enjoy this mini-sode um, if you're not into astrology you, it's a good chance to learn and so find we'll just more out the signs first so that everyone listening can kind of um, catch up if they don't know them already um, and the first sign in the zodiac is Aries um, which is a fire sign there are four elements earth, air, fire and water um, and Aries is the baby of the zodiac yeah so it's the first sign so it's kind of quite childish and impulsive um, not childish as in like is in like kind of um immature immature but like childish as in kind of quite young and kind of full of energy and full of drive and kind of impulsive so um yeah good in business um good leaders because they like to kind of rush in but that is also a fault sometimes um can do things too soon um, and cannot finish things as well sometimes. Not yeah. great at getting to the end of things, but very good at beginning new things. Mm. Um, the second fire sign is Leo. Um, Leo is defined by the lions. They're quite yeah. proud and they're leaders as well. Um, they're very sociable, aren't they? Yeah, they're very likeable as well, or rather they attract a lot of people, like a big crowd of people. They're always very, very, um, yeah, very, maybe not, likeable as in kind of like friendly likeable but likeable as in like they're very good company they're they're Mm. very fun to be around center of the party kind of people um you want leos at your party really um and they can always be quite languid um my partner's a leo and he tells me not to say lazy um because (laughs) it's capitalist um so yeah quite languid as well um and the last of the fire signs is sagittarius um which is the archer yeah um So they're kind of the adventurous signs. So like they um, they're ruled by Jupiter, which is the planet of like expansion and growth and kind of new horizons and stuff. So they're kind of like so they're kind of like a scholar, but they're like kind of they're out there in the world. They're exploring and stuff. They're discovering new things and um, yeah, like practical knowledge. Yeah, um, and they're ruled by the legs, or they rule the legs as well. So they like to move. Sagittarius is constantly like going on holiday. If Sagittarius is yes. a chart, you probably. Like a holiday. Um, so then we move on to the water signs, the first of which is Cancer. Aww. Cancer is the crab. Um, yeah, Cancers are soft and gentle people. Um, they're like crabs, they have a soft underbelly and a hard shell. They want to protect themselves, don't they? Yeah. 
Um, they're very kind of, a lot of people describe uh, cancers as kind of like family orientated. Um, I don't want to put an emphasis on like family as in like kind of like genetic family, um, but like kind of they, they care a lot about the people around them. They try and make sure the people around them are okay and kind of create like a safe space and like a home for them and like their home kind of thing. They're, um, they're very kind of, um, when you get to know them, they are very, very loyal and um, very open with you. But like, it can be tough to crack. Yeah, they defined as moody sometimes because yes. they're very emotional, but it's all bubbling under the surface. Yes. Uh, and then we have, um, wait, it's just, Scorpio. Scorpio, one of my favourite <laughs> signs. Um, Scorpios uh, are defined by magnetism. They're a water sign. Um, if if a cancer the crab, then Scorpio, well, it's the scorpion, but also I like to think of them as like very deep wells. They have a lot to give. They like to think about things. They like to get deep into things that are mysterious, very sexual, uh, or erotic is another word for it. Magnetic, difficult. <laughs> yeah, um, I would say like not necessarily kind of sexual, but kind of more um, willing to kind of explore things that other people would call taboos. So a lot more open with things other people might be squeamish about. Okay, that's a good way of phrasing it. That's a really good way of phrasing yeah. it. Yeah, so yeah. Um, have a reputation of being difficult people because uh, they, they, they have a... Uh, if, they, if they're a water sign, they're like the jet stream in the well, aren't they? But, you know, there's a lot to them, but they can also be uh, spiky. But I like that. They keep showing your toes. And the last is Pisces, um, the dreamy sign. Um, Again, oh. Yeah, that's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Ours for the Cancers and the Pisces, but not for the Scorpios. Um, uh, Pisces are very dreamy, very nourishing. They're good at self-nourishment, um, and they're good at nourishing others, I would say. Um, yeah. So. Um, yeah, um... The thing with Pisces is they're, um, they're ruled by Neptune, which dissolves the borders between things. So sometimes they have difficulty kind of discerning like kind of what is themselves and what, what, is, what is themselves and what is like others and yeah. kind of, and boundaries in general kind of and what's healthy and what's not healthy. Plus side though, they can really kind of dissolve themselves and absorb like art and stuff. So they're really, yeah. re even if they're not artistic or kind of inclined to music, they are very, very into art and music and have great tastes in that. Yeah, and uh, quite pliant people as well. So mm -hmm. easy to get along with a lot of the time. Um, I like a Pisces. Uh, and then we move on to the earth signs, the first mm -hmm. of which being Capricorn. Taurus. No, Taurus. Taurus is the first one. Um, and Tor I love Taurians. Tor Taurus is the ball, so it's defined uh, by kind of a heavy, slow energy. Um, Earth signs are very practical, and they like to see the fruits of their labour. Um, Taurians are like long game people, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they might take a long time to do things, but they stick with it. They're the most kind of committed and loyal people. Like, you could, it's yeah. kind of troubled to get them moving, and they move very slowly, but like, they're not going to flake out on you. Like, they're there forever. Yeah, and uh, an eye for beauty and eye for detail. I have a Taurian friend who's very jazzy in the way he dresses. Um, and I think often Taurians have something that they like which is kind of beauty or detail oriented. Then we move on to Virgo, um, <laughs> which is me. Uh, uh, Beyonce's a Virgo is a good word. No, uh, uh, <laughs> so Virgos are uh, hyper detail oriented and defined by an unyielding need to be successful. That doesn't mean they will be successful, but a lot of Virgos are defined by goals or successes. Um, and because of that, they have a reputation for being over the top and anxious which i wouldn't say is 
unfair. <laughs> yeah, I'm also critical, but sometimes that can turn in on itself and become self-critical, which is like a Virgo's greatest kind of like weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as, yeah. A, as a Virgo moon, I also have some Virgo knowledge. Yeah, like, and yeah. have a reputation for being unemotional sometimes, but a lot of the time that's because they're very sensitive and very guarded. Um, and then the last Earth sign, which is in the first month of the year, is Capricorn. Capricorn. Um, which Capricorns are, they're quite difficult to describe. They're very funny. Um, they're good, like, with slapsticky kind of humour, and they're good with money. Um, again, very goal oriented, but like, in a different, I guess if Virgo's a short game and Taurus is a long game, I would situate Capricorn somewhere in the middle. I would say Capricorn is good in like the here and now. Yeah. And kind of good at um, kind of working like situations to their advantage, kind of current ones. Yeah. Um, or kind of working with what they have, very kind of resourceful. Um, yeah, resourceful is a good word, I think. Yeah. A really, really good word for them. Um, I like Capricorns this week. Yeah, the thing is, I don't actually know many Capricorn suns. Most people I know who have Capricorn in them are like Capricorn risings or Capricorn moons. So it's kind of... And if you don't know what that means, we'll talk about that very shortly. And then we move on to the air signs. Um, Air signs are defined by being changeable and... Um, a lot of them social. The first uh, sign is Gemini, is it? Yes, yeah. Gemini. Um, Gemini is defined by like lightness. It likes to bridge things and connect things. It's the twins. Yes. It likes to bring things together that don't always go together and create kind of creative <laughs> friction. Very chatty. Um, yeah, and even if they're not kind of chatty, like they're um, they're like they're very focused on, very orientated around communication. So even if they're not kind of very talkative, they're very good kind of with technology and social media, and they're very good at writing and speaking as well. Yeah, and then the next air sign is Libra, Libra, the balance. Libras are, um, have a really good rep, and I'm here to destroy (laughs) it. I think Libras Libras are good. They're like sociable people. uh, They like balance, they like equilibrium. They don't like people being upset. But because of that, Libras can be flakes. They can overcommit to plans and then not turn up. Um, and Libras are also secretly love attention, I think. They're secret kind of like, I'll give you a compliment, but it's actually about me kind of people. Um, that's me being unfair to Libras, but um, I, I do like Libras. Um, um, also ruled by Venus, so good aesthetics and stuff. Mm-hmm, yeah, and then the last one is... Um, Aquarius. Aquarius. My favourite <laughs> sign. Um, I love Aquarians more than anything. So I'm not really a good person to sum this up. Jodie, what are Aquarians like? Um, Aquarians kind of have this um, have this reputation for being a bit weird and a bit kind of alien, a bit out there. But that's what makes them so great is that they. Um, is that they're really good at kind of um, so they're like like the um, other air sign Gemini. They're um, they're like kind of ideas people. Um, they uh, are s- I'm struggling here. They have, they um, are very unique. I would describe them as, yeah. and you can't tell you can't tell them what to do. They're very, they're, they're not stubborn, but they're almost. There's, they need for uniqueness runs deep, so yes. you have to trick an Aquarius into thinking that they've come up with the idea. Um, all of my best friends are Aquarians, generally. Um, so those are the signs, and then we'll quickly run through how that works. So as well as your star sign, which is your sun sign, when you were born, each of the planets in the sky um, 
attributes a different kind of pressure point on your personality. For those of you who are into astrology, we're being reductive here because we don't have um, all the time in the world. Yeah. Um, but each of the planets kind of has a pressure point on your personality. The three most important parts of the um, the kind of your natal chart, which you can look up if you go online, just type in natal chart, you'll be able to find somewhere. Um, and you know, astrotheme.com or places like that are pretty good. Um, the most important parts of your chart are the sun, which is your star sign. So most people know that. The moon, which yes. uh, rules kind of... It rules kind of your inner state, your emotional state. So kind of where the sun is kind of looking outwards, the moon is looking inwards. So the moon is how you will instinctively, internally react to a situation. Mm -hmm. The sun is how you engage with that, like, on the outside. And then your rising, which isn't a planet, but it's one of the houses, which are more a more complicated part of the chart. And mm. we'll, we'll, we might talk about it in another podcast. But the rising, yes. briefly, it's... Um, how you come across the people when you've just met them. Um, some schools of astrology think of it as the the power of your future and what you should lean into uh, to grow as a person. Um, and yes, yeah, so those are the three most important parts. Um, and when we say it, so so what does this mean? So like when your moon, which is your emotional energy, it defines patterns, it defines um, habits a lot of the time and childhood. If you are a Leo moon, for example, you might be uh, a Leo moon. Um, a Leo moon. So, of course, it will depend on the sun sign, but a Leo moon has quite dramatic emotions, mm -hmm. quite um, intense emotions, and kind of a need, more of a need to kind of express them. Yeah. And it depends where everything else is in the chart as to how, like, kind of this energy expressed, but generally quite open emotionally but kind of in the way that kind of in everyone gets like involved or like everyone kind of it's yeah it's um it's very kind of emotions are very dramatic um kind of a need for kind of people around them a need for kind of people um to be kind of there and that's because leo that's what leo's that's what leo is like and so when leo rules the moon but if you have an aquarius moon like me um you feel that your emotions are very intense individual you feel that your emotions are because aquarians are so individualistic you feel that your emotions like no one else feels them and you're a massive loner um so yeah, so it, it depends on where stuff is in this chart. The other planets are um, that we'll probably be talking about mostly today are uh, Mercury, which defines communication, how you communicate. Also how you think as well. Uh, Venus, which is the kind of aesthetic and erotic and romantic self. Yes. Uh, Mars, which is... Mars is like the drive, so it's kind of what gets you motivated and also kind of how you chase after people you're romantically interested in. Mm -hmm. And we'll probably also look at rising today as well if we can find out when they're rising were because often that changes with time of birth um yeah. so that's that if you need a better kind of description there's lots online um, and we encourage you to go look them up and delve into the world of astrology but for now we're gonna jump into reading some modernist natal charts and discussing <laughs> them um so first up is everyone's favorite aquarian uh, virginia wolf um so virginia wolf was born on the 20th of January 1882 um, at 12.15pm according, um, to the internet. according to the internet so if um, the ghost of Virginia Woolf says that's wrong then we're very sorry um, Woolf had an Aquarius sun an Aries moon Ooh. and a Gemini ascendant so we're going to discuss that so uh, Virginia Woolf she is known for 
great flair for writing um for a very i would say individual perspective um for obviously for things like free and direct discourse stream of consciousness for uh, pushing the novel forward and thinking about the novelistic form and we might relate this to her being an aquarius yes Yes, I'm seeing, yeah, so she's got both Sun and Mercury in Aquarius, so she's, um, so there's a s strong kind of sense of, like, the individual, and the, that Mercury's in Aquarius as well, is, like, the a very in individual kind of innovative way of communicating. It's mm -hmm. also in the 10th house, which is um, the career, so, of course, she's got a career for writing and thinking and speaking. Mm -hmm. which is great which is very very wolf <laughs> Ind individual viewpoints yeah. uh, individual point of view yeah. um her moon is in aries um so quite emotionally forward um yeah, emotionally right. abrupt perhaps as well emotionally direct i would say just mm. going straight to the core like kind of yeah which yeah. is interesting because wolf um if you've read her letters or diaries is known for being a bit of a gossip and a bit of uh someone who was quite direct with their emotions behind closed doors. Um, so that's an interesting one. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking at this and what jumps out to me here is the, um, the Mars in Gemini. So that's, again, Gemini is, the sign, is an air sign sign of communication. So she's driven to kind of communicate there. And that ties in really well with her planets in Aquarius. So there's a strong kind of air base here, a strong kind of um, communication of ideas, of thinking, of thoughts, and um, her ascendant is in Gemini as well. Mm. So it's kind of so that's what you said about her having a reputation as being a gossip. Gemini is often called like kind of two-faced or kind of like likes to gossip and stuff. And so that's how she comes across initially when you first meet her. Mm. And the Mars is there as well. So that's kind of what drives her is communication. And Christopher Isherwood, when he met Wolf, didn't really like her because he thought oh. that she came across as very strange. Um, and, <laughs> that's all um, the air stuff. Yeah, all the air stuff. And kind of, he didn't say she was reserved. He said she was aloof. Um, which I think are different emotions because it does, it does come across with the air stuff sometimes of mm. not really kind of... Uh, being able to pit, pit, ping someone down. This was at a dinner party as well, so he didn't get a lot of intimate time with her. Um, and Wolf was known for being quite strange, I think, in real life. She at one point wore a bright orange coat, um, and she really loved it, um, which I, I think is the Aquarius in all of us is wanting to wear a bright orange coat. Aquarians, I've noticed, are very drawn to bright colours as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then... So what else can we see here on the chart? So we're just looking at the chart. So uh, Ascendant and Mars in Gemini. A yeah. lot of air in this chart. Yes. Like an absolute, a lot of air I in the chart. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting, um, it's, it's a really interesting one. Um, and then, so she... She's got actually, what's um, the... Venus is in the last degree of Capricorn, which is really interesting. So she's almost an Aquarius Venus, but she's got a Venus in Earth. So I'm wondering what that means. Well, Venus and Capricorn people, uh, from my knowledge of it, are good at building a relationship. They're mm. very, they're very. Um, you said resourceful earlier, and mm. I think they're good at kind of making it through in a relationship, and um, not so, not just muddling through, but kind of having a relationship which is. A partnership and it helps them mm. to grow it helps them to learn from one another which I think mm. is super interesting because her and Leonard Wolf like I wouldn't describe their relationships intensely romantic personally um, uh, but I would describe it as very loyal and very caring and very um, pragmatic in a lot of ways as well not to say that Wolf um, mm. 
wasn't uh, kind of romantically interested in her husband at all, but just mm. the, the, a lot of there's a streak of pragmatism to their relationship. Uh, mm. they, they they worked on politics together and things like that, and I think that's quite a Capricorn angle to yes. work on politics with your partner. <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting, and then. Well, but it is so close to um, Aquarius. Yeah. So, so close. Um, Drawn towards it, which is kind of interesting in terms of the Vitasac for West affair, I think. Yeah. Um, Are we talking about cusps? Yeah, we can talk about cusps. Let's talk about cusps. So a cusp is when your sign is um, kind of in between or near the edge of something. Yes. Um, That's a very, very minimal definition of it but um it means when you're nearly kind of straddling two signs let's think of it as so uh wolf is at the edge of capricorn and aquarius for her venus so her love life is kind of pragmatic in one sense but could also be defined as um hectic and haywire and individualized um which is interesting considering the vita affair yeah um yeah so well that's wolf um we'll move on now okay let me look up it's uh, another big one we can do. James Joyce. <laughs> I'll cut this bit out. You having fun? I am. Yeah. Good. 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 Right. Um, we'll do Joyce. Mm. Okay. So we're moving on to James Joyce. Uh, he was another Aquarius. Another Aquarius. <laughs> so yeah, the modernist Aquarians are out in force. Um, sun in Aquarius. So he his star sign was Aquarius. Moon in Leo and ascendant in Capricorn. So, um, like Wolf, uh, individualistic sun, a very individualistic uh, way of being, um, but with a different a different moons, so his emotions are kind of differently represented to Wolf's. Although, again, a fire sign, yes. um, but a need to express the emotions of Joyce, yes. a need for people to listen as well. Yeah. Um, which is interesting, considering the length of some of his novels. Um, a need a need for those to understand how you feel or how you think about things. Yeah. Um, so oh. where's the mercury on it's, that it's zero degrees pisces which is fascinating because that's quite a watery dreamy sign mm. so we have a need to express the emotions alongside a dreamy um and uh, expansive way of thinking yeah i would say boundary pushing even because pisces dissolves things so that's kind of dissolving like the boundaries of what like kind of emotions and expressions of emotions can and be perhaps dissolving the boundaries of how long a novel should be yes um, with Clinton's wake <laughs> or with uh, ulysses so we have we have a very interesting three thinker here who needs to be listened to and who wants to push things in different ways especially with that aquarius sun uh, his ascendant is Capricorn, so mm. uh, would probably maybe be overlooked when on first meeting. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think. So yeah, Capricorn risings, kind of the way they approach the world is quite practical. It's like, okay, what can I do with what I've been given, kind of thing. That's kind of how they orientate themselves in the world. So like, whereas um, Virginia Woolf's like rising was an air sign which makes it perhaps quite aloof to what was described as quite aloof kind of perhaps more kind of a focus on ideas and things joyce is by his like earthy kind of capricorn ascendant is quite grounded in the real world so he's very much engaged with what's going on around him Mm. but um maybe the more political sometimes the edge to joyce's novels that people tease out more easily than Mm. wolf's um in some regards uh not to say that wolf isn't as political as joyce but say Mm. that it comes across more for joyce a lot of the time 
Um, what else have we got here? We've got Venus in... Venus is in Aquarius. It's a... Con no, it's not. No, it's on it? the edge of Pisces. I think it? it's just... No, in no, no, oh, no, 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 it's in Aquarius. Yeah, it's in Aquarius. Yeah. Um, um, and Mars again in Gemini, like like Virginia. There's a lot of overlap here. So both Wolf yeah. and Joyce have Mars and Gemini, yes. have Aquarius suns, uh, have fire moons, so yes. it needs to kind of express the emotions. Um, there's a lot of similarities here, actually. Mm. And then kind of, a, you know, Wolf was on the border of Venus and Aquarius and Joyce is in Venus in Aquarius as well. Mm. With the Venus sitting quite close to the sun yeah. so these planets might have some creative friction so kind of it's not quite a conjunction no but close cl close close getting close so mm. yeah um and then mercury and pisces so also an interesting free thinker um yeah it's um it's again it's a cuspy one so it's zero degrees pisces so it's kind of got some aquarius kind of originality oddity there as well seeping mm. into the pisces yeah, it's interesting. Very, it's interesting how many overlaps they have. Yes. I think. Um, so now we'll move on, and we'll do we'll do someone else. So we'll yeah. do should we do should we do Ezra Pound? <laughs> this would be funny. Okay, so now we're doing Ezra Pound, Ooh. who is a Scorpio, obviously. Uh, sun in Scorpio, Moon in Leo, moon and in Leo. Uh, Rising Aries. So this is uh, an interesting chart. Has he got um, any Aquarius? That's the real. Oh, no Aquarius. See. No Aquarius. But I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. So okay. let's discuss this. So Pound is a Scorpio, um, right. maybe the classic Scorpio. Uh, okay, I don't know much about Pound. Okay, spiky, uh, difficult figure. Um, need to be heard in his own way i would say about pounds so um kind of the typical scorpio uh, i think in like in kind of uh difficult yet magnetic um not saying that scorpios are fascists um <laughs> uh but difficult yet magnetic people are drawn to him mm -hmm. has an intense need to understand other people's depths as well his relationship with the poet hilda doolittle oh, i think yeah. shows that um what else have we got here so oh, i'm just noticing the mars in leo with the moon in leo that's quite drastic yeah uh, again a real and same as jo all three of these people have had uh emotional fire signs mm. so kind of all of them have need to have a real need for self-expression in mm. in the modernists uh which i think is apt is fitting uh what else have we got uh venus in sagittarius which is pretty cool is that that's a fire sign? So that's kind of like exploration through through love, or kind of like kind of being open to lots of like kind of perhaps. Uh, a and I don't know. Mm, or well, yeah. I mean, he left. He left. He jilted HD. Oh. So and uh, you know what? I think Sagittarius men have a reputation for for being yeah. difficult difficult partners. I think <laughs> and, so. Um, he left HD. Uh, he did. He did live with his partner in Italy for a long time as well, which is interesting because um, you know that romantic connection to the abroad um, and Sagittarius being defined by expansion and movability. Mm. Um, and then where was his right where's his rising oh it's, it's zero degrees aries so that's um comes across speed. as a force probably yeah um so he comes across as a force to be reckoned with someone that might demand attention is ezra pound yeah. um which i think is fair for ezra pound actually 
Um, kind of, it comes across as quite ambitious, quite driven, kind of go-getting, um, but like kind of in not in like an ambitious kind of career climbing kind of way, but more in a I need to be seen, I need to be noticed. I think that's fair for Ezra Pound. I mean, okay. maybe we're maligning Ezra Pound, um, <laughs> but sometimes I think maybe he could deserve to be maligned. Um, who else should we do? Um, should we do HD? Yeah. Okay, HD. we're going to do HD. I don't need to do this because she has the same star chart as me. <laughs> so, um, self rose. We'll, yeah, we'll look at we'll, uh, HD star chart. We'll look it up. But she has. Yeah. So, for the listeners, HD and me have the exact same star chart um, up until I think it might be Jupiter. So, yes, um, the outer planets are more concerned with like generational things because they move so slowly. So, like. Pluto, I think, takes like a hundred years to move the entire twelve zodiac signs. So yeah. So um, I get it up here. Uh, it's just loading, listeners. So if you could wait. Yeah. So <laughs> Sun in Virgo, Moon in Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Um, the only difference that me and HD have in our main chart is her rising is Sagittarius, whereas my rising is Scorpio. Um, uh, Venus in Leo, um, Mercury in Virgo. So. Um, Let's talk about me and HD. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about uh, me. <laughs> um, well, so she's a Virgo. Yeah. Um, so, uh, which is interesting because Virgos are interested in purification um, and getting down to kind of the simplest parts. They're often very concerned with health. HD was probably overly concerned with health, yeah. um, including psychoanalysis. I think Virgos and psychoanalysis is a thing. Um, or kind of Virgos and analysis in general. Yeah. So it's a good way of interpreting the self. Virgos are very interested in interpreting themselves and mm. being self-critical. And HD was very interested in forms of that. So she's very interested in astrology and psychoanalysis. Mm. Uh, moon in Aquarius. Aquarius so, energy. Yeah. So uh, what should we say about moon in Aquarius people? Um, you can be, you can say what you like. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Moon in Aquarius. Um, very, um, I'm not going to, uh, I say like the kind of the, uh, like the misinterpretation of this would be uh, Moon Moon and Aquarius, kind of they, they're detached from their emotions. It's not true. It's more kind of their, they can take a step back from their emotions and kind of, uh, and kind of be like, okay, this is what's going on here, and that kind of ties in quite well with the uh, all the Virgo in her chart. So she's got Mercury as well as um, Leo there, and she's got a cuspy Venus as well. So that's on the edge of Leo there. Um, but yeah, Moon in Aquarius um, is making a lot of connections and like oppositions with stuff in like the Virgo and Leo as well. I think Heishi's star chart is actually really represented by her first collection, which is Sea Garden. So there's this kind of deep need for very intensely symbolic and almost granular images. So images that like are really overloaded and representative. So there's a lot of thought and detail that go into that collection. Um, yeah, her Venus is in Leo. So also kind of, huge romantic life like yeah. very important romantic life and you can kind of see this in sea garden because it kind of burns with this like eroticism and vigor um mercury and scorpio uh, sorry in virgo as well so mm. they need to communicate um kind of a need to communicate logically and methodically and i think mm. you see this in kind of her early connections and then it kind of bursts outwards later on into this much kind of bigger project. The interesting thing with HD is there's this weird thread that she drew throughout her own work as well. So there is this kind of like methodical Virgo energy of working through um, combined with like a really intense 
need to be an individual in her poetry. Um, mm. Yeah, well, that's H.D. Hilda Doolittle, yes. um, uh, who also was a very difficult person. Um, <laughs> kind of, you know, having a having a lot in Virgo and then in Aquarius can often make people very self-concerned with their individuality and HD was definitely that very overly concerned with her individuality and how she came across um, her rising is Sagittarius uh, which is the part that's different to my chart and I always find this really interesting of HD because Sagittarius mm. and Virgo are very different I think yeah because Virgo is interested in kind of long in-depth study whereas Sagittarians are interested in kind of practical philosophical little nuggets yeah, I would say kind of Sagittarius would be perhaps a bit more impatient to to kind of to f to find things out or would find things out by throwing themselves into it rather than like Virgo kind of picking away at something. Mm. It's a very different approach to finding things out. I think he actually looks like a Sagittarius. I'm not going to explain what I mean by that. Okay. <laughs> so who else should we do? Can who we do Yates? Yeah, let's do Yates. You probably know this off by heart. Yeah, no, I, I do, because I also share some astrological similarities with him. And okay. uh, he's, like HD, he also believed in astrology. There we go. So he is a sun in Gemini. Oh, the ascendant is wrong. His okay. ascendant is in Aquarius. Okay, ascendant Aquarius, sun in Gemini, moon in Aquarius. Um, More Aquarius energy. Yeah, so you're, you're a Gemini. Yes, um, I am. And Yates is a Gemini. Yes. Um, and where's his ascendant again? His ascendant is Aquarius. So he's... Yeah. Birth oh, okay. time. The birth time's a bit off with this online okay. thing. Jody knows. <laughs> I've read <laughs> so many biographies. Let us down for the William Butler Yates. Um, so, what can we say about Yates? Um, Yates. Well, can we have a diagram? Even yeah, though the diagram course. is a little bit wrong. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So, um, so there's kind of there's again um, there's an emphasis on air. And um, this is one of the first people we've done so far that doesn't have a fire moon, but has like an air moon. So um, we've got kind of the interest in like, so air, um, there's a lot of air here. So um, there is a lot of air here. There's loads of air. So there's the... So we've got sun, mercury in Gemini. We've got um, rising and moon in Aquarius. Uh, Venus in Taurus, which throws a lot of people off because it's like Yates, Venus and Taurus, what? And what then... why, why would people think what to that? Well, because um, the interesting thing with Yates is kind of his love life didn't really take off until middle age. So like there was a long build up to that, which is kind of Venus and Taurus, I mm -hmm. guess, kind of patience and stuff. So like the, um, so I was surprised when I, found out, oh, his, his um, Venus sign is an Earth sign, because I, I thought it would be like Pisces or Aquarius, mm. kind of, like the dreaminess, but like, it's like the first half of his life is very much devoted to kind of like idealistic kind of notions of love and stuff. So you've got kind of the intellectualization of the moon in Aquarius there, and then the Gemini sun and Gemini Mercury. Mm. Um, the same moon as HD, actually. Um, uh. The same kind of Aquarius moon, which we've had a lot of... Um, air and a lot of fire mm, so yeah. far um which are known as the kind of out of all the f uh, if you half the signs people often put air and fire together and water mm. and earth together because air and fire are kind of like more like out there and individualistic mm. uh, which i think is interesting for a modernist point of view mm. um yeah like so a lot of intellectualization for yates then yeah so um that's kind of his interest in like the the occult and ideas and stuff that's very kind of 
interested in ideas that's very an earth, um, earth, I mean air kind of way of like, that's where air signs are very comfortable dealing with the abstract and like kind of ideas and things. Um, what would you say about this chart, not knowing everything about Yates there is to know? <laughs> uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm not a great Yates expert. I do you find it interesting that he has like, um, so this is, so that's, that's me, this is, oh, is it confused? Is that Pluto? That's, he's got a Pluto-Venus conjunction. Yeah, that's that's quite thought. intense. Yeah, so it's a Pluto, Pluto um, is kind of very similar to Scorpio in that it's uh, the planet of depth and yeah. kind of death. Um, rebirth sometimes um, and so his two planets are sitting on one another. That's an exact conjunction as well. Yeah so Venus and Pluto are, are right next to each other sitting on top of each other so his his love life um, <laughs> kind of like interests me like in like I don't know much about Yates's love life but it's kind of it's quite an scary. Inten intense late bloomer yeah, it's, yeah. you know you, um, it's like transformative as well. So you say like Pluto, their um, planet of like death and transformation and rebirth. So like his marriage with George Yates kind of basically began and kind of continued with their um, talking to the dead, wasn't it? So the vis a vision was a vision. No, no. no. So like a vision. So it comes from their um, automatic writing. So that's basically spirit communication. So they communicated with dead spirits and wrote everything down. So it's like his love life perhaps has all these ghosts just coming in his marriage. Let's do, um, let's do uh, Nella Larson. Nella Larson, star sign. So um, I love Nella Larson. So I think if we can... So we're now we're now relying on astro theme for the people we don't know their charts that um, there's as much about from kind of our minds. Um, so her sun is in Aries and her moon is in Gemini. Um, we don't have her ascendant, but again another fire and air sign. So mm. um, Nella Larson, sun in Aries, uh, moon in Gemini. So again, kind of like this intellectualization of emotions with the Gemini moon, mm. um, but also kind of. An interest in duality, which uh, it's interesting considering she wrote mm. Passing, which is a novel which literally pits two women um, of very similar um, kind of background, um, but have moved on to d different lifestyles. And one of them is passing, uh, she's passing for white, whereas the other woman um, is not passing for white. She's uh, uh, kind of remained from the black community and is um, involved in kind of uh, uh, racial uplift work as well. Um, and it's, it's interesting to have a, a moon in Gemini and to write a novel which is so much uh, kind of emotionally loaded with duality mm. and um, the interest in different paths of life and how that refracts emotionally. Um, what else have we got here? So we've got uh, Sun in Aries, um, and Nella Larson, I think, was quite direct. I've read some of her letters at the Beinecke, and um, she would just write to people and be like, I really like you, or, and this was great, or this wasn't so good. Quite quite forward, quite mm -hmm. impulsive. Um, what else have we got going on in the chart? Venus in Pisces. So a dreamy love life. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, yeah, from what I know of Larson, I think... Um, I think that is true of her, um, and also kind of aesthetic, like Venus, the planet of aesthetics, yes. and there's these great photos taken by, um, and forgive my pronunciation of his name, but Carl Van Vetchen, um, a photographer um, at the time, um, very wealthy uh, white man who had uh, complicated relationships with members of the Harlem Renaissance, but there's these fantastic photos of her, which I always think evoke like a really kind of dreamy aesthetic. She's wearing this wonderful hat, and she's against this like lovely wallpaper, and. Um, she just looks really kind of 
interesting and I that I think that comes across like in the aesthetical the aesthetic choices there of the the Pisces um in Venus um who else should we do should we do oh let's do Claude McKay Claude McKay star sign um mm. it doesn't exist <laughs> we'll do Langston Hughes instead actually then we'll try Langston Hughes Langston Hughes uh, I was reading some Langston Hughes today. Um, another Aquarius. Another Aquarius. <laughs> Langston Hughes is such an Aquarius. I'm putting it out. So I was reading some Hughes's poetry today. Um, I really love Langston Hughes. Uh, Moon in Scorpio and Sun in Aquarius. Ooh. So, um, intellectual. A really intellectual chart that is. Yeah. Um, but also one that kind of can connect like the intellectual with like the emotional so you've got yeah. like a very deep feeling moon there so you haven't got so you've got someone that feels things on a deep level that um yeah i think i think you get that in um like hughes's poetry so um especially kind of like the weary blues you kind of get this like really intellectual uh really intellectual but very emotive understanding um so kind of yeah published in 1925 the weary blues is really interesting it kind of riffs off of jazz and his personal experiences and i think it does a really good job at kind of cutting through to a really kind of tender emotional experience but in a very kind of clever grand big scale way that tackles some bigger themes kind of to do with america and harlem and personal identity as well so you kind of you definitely have that there where was his venus i'm really interested in that two degrees pisces two degrees pisces okay so it's rumored um and well some would say confirmed some would deny it that hughes was queer and i think interesting with a, a kind of venus in pisces of mm. of kind of this he had this very hidden love life it's it's been i think since his death has been kind of heavily romanticized by scholars and it itself mm -hmm. has become a kind of become this dreamy artifact of where kind of where where did his like kind of romantic mm -hmm. life lie where did his that lie yeah i've noticed the um the mercury is in the conjunction with the venus again in pisces mm. so you've kind of got a communication of love but in a very very kind of dreamy kind of misted over kind of way yeah, and I would say that like that comes across again in Hughes's work is this kind of like intense like love of the people around him and kind of this I, I don't know how to describe it like a, a kind of critical love like you don't get poetry or or writing like Langston Hughes's without kind of like deep attachments to things and really thinking about those attachments and why they matter um, and kind of thinking critically about uh, kind of why things matter and why they should matter um let's do someone else who should we finish with who do you want to finish mm, with i i don't know oh. um shall we do uh let's think who is interesting enough let's do josephine baker because we haven't done yes. um we haven't done a a non-writer yet um so josephine baker star chart Again, we're using astro themes, so sorry if they let us down. I, I so, do, yeah. 
She's a Gemini. Um, yeah. With Virgo rising and a Libra moon. Um, and let's go dance. So, uh, Josephine Ooh. Baker, obviously, um, incredibly famous, influential dancer, uh, activist, and philanthropist as look well. Look at all those Gemini planets. I know. Look at that. Look at all of it. So, what's in Gemini? We've got um, um, Mercury, Sun, Jupiter, Pluto, and Mars. Wow. So, she has a lot of Gemini. In the 10th house as well, which is like the big career house house so she's got a lot of energy going into her career so yeah she has a lot of kind of fun um i would say gemini's are fun like you know fun energy in the 10th house like and like that is like baker kind of Mm. infamously and somewhat mythically kind of made her name um for being able to cross her eyes and kind Mm. of doing that in the chorus line and then people kind of paying attention to her and coming back to see her and Mm. um josephine baker is a lot of fun like i mean on one level and we'll discuss kind of uh, the other parts of her life as well but you know Josephine Baker she, like she knew how to put on a performance she knew how mm-hmm. to kind of uh, she was just fascinating I think she's a really fascinating figure um, but also outside of dance she was hugely uh, kind of active in um, uh, kind of black politics and um, philanthropy as well Off, and I think um that it's interesting that is her ascendant as Virgo rising yeah, and yeah. Moon and Libra. So this kind of like emotional need for kind of balance and emotional interest in like mm. j- justice and um, harmony and yeah. harmony, which I think kind of speaks to her philanthropic work. And then this kind of ascendant Virgo as well. Mm. Kind of like if you look at egocentric astrology and and moving like the ascendant of where you should be. Like she really achieved kind of that huge levels of success like yeah also kind of virgos are um very kind of attentive attentive to like the body and the body's workings and things so you get a lot of dancers with like kind of virgo prominent in their chart because they pay attention to their body and their kind of like um uh, and kind of yeah and a very kind of exact and in movements and stuff so that's interesting that it's there. I've said we'll finish, but actually I'm now um, <laughs> inspired to do to do more. Let's do some non. We'll finish with some non-literary modernists. We'll so we'll do see. we'll do uh, Isadora Duncan, another dancer. See, let's just see. So, oh, uh, she's also a Gemini. A Gemini. So Isadora Duncan, the other one of the other great dancers of the modernist era, is it's a Gemini of an Aries rising and uh, Moon in Scorpio. Let's look at her chart. Mm. Um, also a lot in Gemini so yes. Sun, Mercury and Venus all in Gemini mm. um, yeah mm. yeah um, Aries rising so there's a lot of energy there it's a very energetic again very kind of driven sign and yeah. she has her Mars in Aquarius so kind of mm. her centre of activity is driven by being an individual and being unique which is yeah. interesting because Isadora Duncan's kind of dance style uh it's 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 a unique taste, I think, and I think it was boundary pushing. I think people would consider it uh, definitely quite boundary pushing. What else are you seeing in this chart, JD? Um, it's the it's the moon, the moon all by itself over there in Scorpio, just like adding mm. like an intensity to everything. So kind of underlying everything, underlying kind of the like the the kind of the unique kind of dance dance style kind of the the gemini kind of bouncing here and there and and kind of being adaptable you've got like this deep rooted moon sign so scorpio is like a fixed sign so it's kind of it's not really it's not going anywhere it's um 
So yeah, there's an intense emotional life there for sure. There's kind of a need to kind of transform to constantly kind of be adapting, which is the Gemini feeds into the Gemini adaptability. Thing. It's interesting that two of the like most kind of well-known dancers, uh, not just in academia but in like the household names, are both Gemini's. Yeah, and not time. just like one Gemini, a lot of Gemini yeah. influences as well. Um, let's do a painter. Should we do Should we do Picasso? Yeah, right. Picasso star sign. Uh, Astro theme again. So we know th these might be completely wrong. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, this makes uh, sense Ooh, to me. Scorpio. Picasso is a Scorpio <laughs> with a Sagittarius moon and rising in Leo. So we have a lot of um, attention grabbing, not attention seeking, but actually attention grabbing uh, elements here in his chart. So let's look mm. at this. Um, we're just looking at the chart. So. Um, Oh. Not many conjunctions, really, or not many planets actually that close together. A, th a few kind of minor planets in Taurus. Yeah, you got some oppositions there between the big planets and like the the Mercury and the Moon. So it's kind of like so the bigger planets, so the um, Pluto and Saturn and Neptune. So they're slow moving, they're generational, so they characterize a generation or kind of a time period. So mm. they're going against, so they're opposing Mercury and the Moon. So like. His com his communication of like kind of I guess like his vision and like his moon are kind of being opposed by like his time and stuff or perhaps that's interesting. so like he's or he's going against kind of his time yeah yeah uh, yeah so like complete like for Picasso I think that works out quite well so mm. someone a leader stands out kind of breaking mold as well. Um, what else do we have here? We have uh, rising is rising in Leo. Rising in Leo. Mm. So that's that's quite a, a good one for kind of succeeding and going against your time because you've got like the boldness to kind of do it. It's like look at me, I I'm gonna do this kind of thing. And then um, mid heaven and Aries, and mid heaven is how people who don't know you see you, right? Yeah. 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 So I think one of the most interesting things about Picasso is there's that really famous quote of, um, and this might not be Picasso, so like if I'm wrong, sorry, but like uh, the 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 uh, he drew a sketch for someone. They said that only took five minutes, and he said it actually took me a lifetime. And I think that kind of like uh -huh. the, that that perception of Picasso as being this huge personality, this kind of impulsive. Yeah. And actually, when you see Picasso, like pictures of him and stuff, he, he just looks like like your granddad, really. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? But this kind of yeah. like myth of Picasso is is quite Aries. Um, yeah. Let's finish on a woman painter. Let's finish with or a woman's let no let's finish with a multimedia artist and um fantastic person uh all round um baroness elsa von freitag lauren hoven star sign if this comes up i'll be very surprised um uh no it doesn't it doesn't come up so that's sad we'll, let's see if it's got Oh no, so we can't do that. But um, if you don't, if you've never heard of the El Baroness Elsa von Freitag Lorenhoven, do go look her up. We match it works on her and she's actually absolutely fantastic um, scholar, so do look her up. Uh, who should we finish on? Woman artist from the modernist period. Um, oh, who to pick, who to pick, who to pick. I kind of want to do Jean Maman, but then I also kind of want to do some other artists, and I'm not entirely sure who to go for because there's so many good choices. Um, let's go for Jean Maman because you know what, like, uh, but I just don't know if her star son's going to come up. How about like an actor? 
An actor, yeah. Or an actress, yeah. Same Let's thing. do Myrna Van Loy. Myrna, Myrna Loy. Yes. Star sign. Queen of Halloween, Myrna Loy. Uh, so not to be confused with Nina Loy, um, poet <laughs> Which I artist. Did for you. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> let's let's go for Myrna Loy. Um, let's have a let's have a picture of Myrna Loy up as well because what a fantastically like like interesting looking woman. Look at that smolder. I know. Look at that smolder. Look at that hair. Yes. Um, so Myrna Loy, actress, often confused with Myrna Loy to the point where Myrna Loy had to tell people that she wasn't Myrna Loy. <laughs> um, uh, we're getting, so, Sun and Leo, Moon and Virgo, Ascendant Pisces. Oh. Um, that, that is, so I talked about in the last one having a Pisces Ascendant, no, Pisces Venus earlier, so kind of aesthetics, but first impression, Mona Loy is giving me Pisces Smolder, like, look oh. at that. Um, if you if you want to look along with us, listen to Google Myrna Loy, um, that's a Pisces Smolder, that's a, that's a mm. kind of interesting, dreamy, look at this one. Yeah, also Pisces is kind of, uh, characterized by like adaptability so it's kind of like changeable so like she can also she can do small but she can also do really cute so like look at this little smile over oh. here uh, for the listener we are literally just <laughs> pictures of my <laughs> on google now um so yeah uh son and leo good for an actor to have son and yes. leo excellent adaptable uh changeable and that in con- like kind of yeah. not conjunction as in conjunction but conjunction as in non-star chart terminology with pisces ascendant is brilliant because it's very yeah. adaptable very changeable and like the sun and leo as well kind of anchor that pisces adaptability mm-hmm. so give a kind of a strength to the ego and even yeah. more so by the kind of moon and virgo very sure of the self as well very intellectualizes the emotions to the point of kind of understanding where what they want and uh this is a very successful star chart let's see what else she's got um um yeah she's oh yeah um venus in gemini so again with the adaptability and then again with the kind of like strong thought uh process work ethic you've got the uh, mercury in virgo as well it's making a conjunction with the moon so you've got expression of kind of emotion or kind of ease of um understanding analyzing the emotion i would say Mm, yeah like a very very this is an incredibly successful star chart especially for an actress um Mm. kind of grounded but also adaptable Mm. big personality uh, fun. Loy is just a brilliant, brilliant person as well. Like, like very interesting life, um, interesting love life as well. So, well, thank you for joining us for this mini side, Jodie, um, and thank you for listening along at home, everyone. I hope everyone enjoyed it as much as uh, we did. Um, if you want to learn more about any of the people today, you can go to modernistpodcast.org. If you want to find out more about Jodie, you can follow her on Twitter yes. at... Um, it's Jodie underscore L underscore Marley. Jodie underscore L underscore Marley. Um, and we'll see you soon for another episode of the Modernist Podcast. Thanks very much.